a variety of political talk, including the fact that picking 20 judges in a row, all women, the odds that they are the most qualified is one in a billion. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. The other day I was basically talking about how if you hear about 20 fourth graders massacred in a classroom, it'll make you cry. But if you hear that 20,000 Americans are murdered with guns each year, you don't give a shit. And, you know, you might think that, you know, that's a thousand to one. So for every kid that was massacred, there's actually a thousand people killed with guns in America. So, you know, it's a thousand to one. But so I, I looked up, what, what is the psych, psychology term for that? It's called psychic numbing. And if you look up psychic numbing, it goes along with uh, this famous quote. I think, it's a, you know, I think it's a fake quote. But anyways, the famous quote is that one death is a tragedy, one million deaths is a statistic. When you ask voters whether or not they support universal background checks, 90% of American voters will say that they do support that. But then when it comes time to vote in favor of universal background checks, it's basically exactly the same amount. You know, however, however much people, you know, whatever percentage of people vote Democrat, then they vote for background checks. And however, whatever percentage of people wrote, vote Republican, they vote against background checks. So basically, people say they want them, but then when they actually have time to vote, they don't. And I guess California, Nevada, and Maine have all had laws either passed or failed based on the percentage of Republicans and Democrats in their states. And, I mean, I got, I got this information from 538, but in any case, the reason why people say they want background checks, but then they don't vote for background checks, is because background checks are the slippery slope leading towards confiscation of all guns. Like, if you're going to take away all the guns, you need to know the name of the person who owns each gun. You need, you know, you need to know how many, you know, you need, you need to have on paperwork every single gun and the owner of every single gun, which is what background checks do. And so basically, when you remind voters, hey, the reason why they're doing background checks is this reason, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know what? I do support background checks, but I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote them into law. And up until recently, Democrats used to say, we're not doing background checks because we want to take away all your guns, but enough Democratic politicians have said, yeah, that's why we're doing it. That I don't know. The cat's kind of out of the bag on that. They don't. They they can't really use that excuse that much anymore. And Democratic voters don't want to hear excuses. They want to hear that hell yeah, we're going to take away your AR-15. Hell yeah, we're going to take away your AK-47. Like one of the guys proudly crowed um, during the presidential nomination uh, a couple years ago. One of the top coaches for the Washington Commanders. They used to be the Washington Redskins. He said something along the lines of, you know, why is everyone getting so riled up about the January 6th riot? You know, there was tons of Black Lives Matter riots, and, you know, you know, no one started a fire on January 6th. There's tons of businesses that got burned down during Black Lives Matter riots. And so, I don't, you know, he hasn't been fired yet. We'll see. Um, I think they asked one of the star players, you know, reporters asked one of the star players, and he's like, uh... If I have a problem with that, I'll talk to him personally. I'm not going to tell you. But it makes me wonder if there's a dam. There's a dam that is holding, that is held perfectly. And I'm wondering if there's starting to be leaks in the dam and the dam might break. 
which is that, you know, January 6th was a riot. It was bad. It was, it was people on the right. But Black Lives Matter did 570 riots. And you're not allowed to compare those two things. Um, you know, like, you know, like you could ask someone, hey, what's a, what's a larger number? One or 570? Anyways, like that's, that's something you can't say. It's considered racist. It's considered racist to bring up the Black Lives Matter riots. I think in just period, just absolutely period. But uh, you're definitely not allowed to bring it up in comparison to January 6th. And I don't watch Fox News, but I think they don't bring it up either. Like, you know, there, there's a dam and it holds back everyone, including everyone except for me. Your 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 uh, beloved anti woke podcast host. I mean, I love to bring that up, but I you know a year ago I was talking about that every day, and you could be like, "What's a bigger five hundred seventy or one?" People like that's racist. You'd be like, "What's worse, twenty five murders or zero murders?" They'd be like, "That's racist." What's worse, thousands of businesses burned to the ground, and actually I don't know about that. Hundreds, at least hundreds of businesses burned to the ground, and people's lives destroyed with no jobs, versus zero businesses burned to the ground and jobs lost that's racist so i guess i guess basically they they had better fire that you know i think the head coach is like i'm i'm not going to fire him that doesn't mean there ain't someone going to change his mind but they better fire that guy because if, if people realize they can say that they can say hundreds and hundreds of black lives matter riots is probably worse or you know or how about just equivalent that one black light you know that one that one riot is about as bad as all of those 570 riots put together. If, if people are even allowed to say that, then everyone's going to say it because it's just obvious. So anyways, they better fire him. Otherwise, people are going to think that they can speak freely. The January 6th public hearings are on TV tonight at 8. I mean, I'm not going to watch them. Um, but I didn't, re I didn't quite realize. I, I, whatever, I was like... The hearings are going to be on TV tonight. Haven't we done, you know, a year and a half of hearings? And the answer is yes, we have done a year, a year and a half of hearings, but those were private ones, I guess, that were not on TV. So there you go. We got a year and a half of whatever, not on TV hearings, and now we get, I think we get, I don't know, a few weeks, a few months or something of on TV hearings. I think it's because the midterms are coming up. You know, they didn't, they didn't want to... Uh, whatever, shoot their wad right after January 6th and have nothing left for uh, the coming, upcoming November elections. So now they're going to shoot their wad all over America's face. And, you know, I, I mean, long story short, January, in my opinion, January 6th was a bad riot, maybe the, the worst riot in American history. Uh, although not if you go by murders, because there were zero murders. And basically what it comes down to, did Trump incite the riot and the answer to that is no like they already you know they already i guess you know what when i said when i said they've been doing a hearing for a year and a half that's not right because when right after january 6th they did an impeachment so that took a couple months and then however much is left so you know a year and two months or whatever is how long they've been doing the private uh hearings but in any case that impeachment was did trump incite a riot and the answer was no. I mean, he told, he told America that the election was stolen, and then some people who thought the election was stolen rioted, but that's not the same thing as inciting a riot. So, unless there's some bombshell that they've been holding back for over a year and a half and didn't use in the impeachment, uh, whatever, I doubt, they, I doubt they got anything new. But I did learn something interesting. So, like the, 
the people in charge of the hearings are, it's, don't quote me on the numbers, but I think it's maybe seven Democrats and two Republicans, and the two Republicans are Republicans that hate Trump and are about to not get reelected. And I had thought it was like that because Republicans refused to go on the hearing. They're like, we're not going to be on your hearing. But in fact, Republicans agreed to be on that hearing. And so my understanding is for the last 230 years, I guess whatever, as long as America has existed, the way that someone gets on a hearing panel thing, I don't know, what's it called? I think it's called a committee. So for 230 years, the way you get on a committee is the party in power chooses their people and then the leader, the leader of the party in power. So that's Pelosi right now. She chooses her people, so she chooses whatever, six or seven Democrats. And the leader of the party not in power, which is some guy named McCarthy, and the the party is Republicans, well, he gets to choose, I think, you know, I think one less person, you know. So if Democrats get seven, then probably Republicans get six, something like that. And in any case, that is what happened. So the Republican guy did choose the people for the committee, and he did not choose the crazy people. I mean, you know, that's like people are like, you're choosing crazy people. No, he's, I guess he went out of his way. I guess, you know, he knew he might be criticized. So he went out of his way to choose people who were not crazy. Like, it doesn't matter. There's some crazy Republicans in the House. And he went out of his way to choose relatively moderate Republicans. And anyways, and then apparently, even though that's how committees have been assigned this, for 230 years... Pelosi said, screw you, and she didn't let him on. And then she chose two Republicans herself to be on there, and they're the ones that hate Trump and don't care about getting reelected. So basically, long story short, it's completely partisan. And it was actually the Democrats who made it that way. Like, I, you know, I've been hearing, you know, I've been hearing and believing from the lying-ass mainstream media that it was completely partisan because the Republicans made it that way. But in fact, it was completely partisan because the Democrats made it that way. And so the conservative justices of the Supreme Court, people have been marching in front of their houses, I don't know, for weeks now or months now uh, because of the leaked overturning of Roe v. Wade situation. And that's fine. I mean, there's the question, it's like, you know, in America you can peacefully protest, which is generally what these people are doing. But um, there's a question like, can you protest just like one person in front of their house? And I'm not sure on that. You know, maybe if they're a Supreme Court justice, you can. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, like, an abusive boyfriend can go protest in front of his ex-girlfriend's house. So I'm, I'm not sure how, exactly how it works. But, so, some guy from California, he flew to Washington, D.C., and he took, like, a suitcase full of, I don't know, he had, like, guns and handcuffs, or, sorry, zip-tie handcuffs and pro- crowbar and black plastic and duct tape. And he went to uh, Justice Kavanaugh's house to kill him. And he's crazy. Like, I think I think he got there. The house is surrounded by cops. Like, I went and watched some videos of, like, the, you know, pussy hat wearing, basically, young women who are protesting the ju- some, some house, some justice. There's maybe, like, 15 women, you know, kind of marching back and forth in front of a house carrying signs and... It was just a wall of cops in front of the house. And so anyways, this guy, I think he got there at like 1 a.m. So it was after it was after all the pussy hat wearing women had gone home. And uh, I think he just, he saw the wall of cops and whatever. 
So instead of going and killing the guy, he, uh, he called the cops on himself and said, I'm thinking about committing suicide. I'm here to kill. <laughs> I'm thinking about committing suicide. I'm here to kill this uh, Supreme Court judge. Um, I don't know. Come pick me up. And so they did. And he's going to go down for attempted murder or something like that. Um, obviously, the guy is crazy. Or at least suicidal. But, you know, if you're suicidal and you change your mind, you don't usually call the cops on yourself. So, I, he's crazy. And all of that is fine also. But here's the interesting part. The mainstream media is hiding it. They're doing the old classic lies by omission when, you know, so they're like, they'll talk about, oh, you know, here's the 10 important things going on with the Supreme Court, just Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade and people protesting in front of the house. And then they will leave that thing out, which, you know, I think that's, uh, I don't know, it's top three for sure. Like I listen to NPR each morning and this morning they had a very long detailed discussion of the whole situation about the Supreme Court and whatever, the whole situation, including the protests in front of the houses, and they completely left that part out. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's come down from on high or whatever. Anyways, you don't talk about that thing. A left-wing person trying to murder a conservative person, you know, like, terror, basically it's terrorism. Left, you know, left-wing person doing some terrorism, you don't talk about that. That don't fit the narrative. And so they don't talk about it. Georgetown University hired a conservative lawyer to be a professor a month or two ago and when they were when the biden administration was getting ready to um nominate a supreme court justice and they had specifically they had said that it was gonna be a black woman well Ilya shapiro this guy that georgetown hired um he did a tweet saying he's like you know you know the the, the best liberal judge in the world is some guy, some guy is the head of the D.C. Circuit Court, which is the prominent, whatever, that's the number one spot, except for the Supreme Court. And he's like, the number one liberal judge in the world is this guy, and he's an Indian guy. And uh, he's like, so anyone they hire besides that guy is a lesser black woman. And as I'm about to talk about, that's a, it's just, that's a true statement. But in any case, people got pissed off at him saying that. And so Georgetown suspended him, did an investigation, and then they came back and said, we're not going to fire you. And so Georgetown Law School, if you don't know, Georgetown Law School, this is in Washington, D.C. It's like, you know, this is the number one law school in D.C. So if you want to be a lawyer for the government, you know, if you want to, if you want to control the world, Georgetown Law School is definitely one of the ways to do it, you know, after Harvard and Yale. But so Georgetown Law School has like a free speech thing they have a rule they have a rule that says free speech for our professors you can talk about anything you fucking want and so you know like people thought well maybe you know they're like oh oh they didn't fire him like oh i guess it's because they have a free speech rule it says you can talk about whatever the fuck you want but the answer is they didn't use that rule they came up with some other rule that said oh you did the tweet before you you know gotten onto the grounds and been a professor whatever before you taught a class you did that tweet before you taught a class so we're not going to fire you and so the lawyer's like uh you know i take what i what i take that to mean is that once i start teaching and i say something like that you will fire me so i quit so that's all pretty fun but anyways it got me thinking a little bit more about lesser black women not my words 
So like I said, so the top court in the nation is the Supreme Court, but after that, for whatever reason, is the D.C. Uh, appeals court. Like, America has maybe roughly 10 appeals courts, and, you know, like, one appeals court will be California, Oregon, and Washington. I think that's the Ninth Circuit. And then another one will be, like, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, and maybe a couple other states. And, like, that's the Fifth Circuit. Those are kind of the famous. The Fifth and the Ninth are the most famous ones. But anyways, all the states get grouped up, you know, about five states in each appeals court. And those appeals courts, you know, control the law in those five states. And then D.C., for some reason, kind of controls the law all across America. So that's why the D.C. Circuit Court is the best. And then except for the Supreme Court, which can overrule anyone. And so when presidents are choosing Supreme Court nominations, a lot of times they just go grab someone from the D.C. Court. Right? You know, like, you know, it's like the minor leagues for the major leagues of baseball. And so Biden, he's like, you know, when he was running for president, he said, I'm going to choose a black woman for the Supreme Court. And he chose a woman named Katanji Brown Jackson. And when she was nominated, basically everyone, you know, the mainstream media, everyone on the left, was they're daring people. They're, they're like, I dare you to say she's not qualified. Like, basically, you're a racist if you say she's not qualified. You know, we'll get you fired if you say she's not qualified. So I went to double check her qualifications. And like, you know, what happened was when Biden became president, he's like, I promised a black woman in the Supreme Court. He's like... You know, t- you know, give me a list of all the qualified black women that I can nominate to the Supreme Court. And they're like, we ain't got none. And he's like, well, what are we going to do? They're like, we-, we can make one qualified. He's like, sweet, how do we do that? They're like, we'll just take, a, take a, a black woman judge from somewhere else and put her on the D.C. circuit. And he's like, but there's no spots open. You know, it's, it's full. He's like, we'll take Merrick Garland. I don't know if you know, but anyways, take one of them and make him your attorney, attorney general so that will open a spot. So Biden opened up a spot on the D.C. Circuit Court by making one of the one of the judges the attorney general, and then he put a black woman in that spot. And so here's just the kind of funny part. She was on she was on the D.C. Circuit Court for ten months, and then an opening on the Supreme Court happened, and Biden put her in there. And so you know I don't exactly have proof of all this other than just this is exactly how the world works. But basically, so this woman, she got into Harvard undergrad as an affirmative action person. She got into Harvard Law School as an affirmative action person. She became a lower judge because of affirmative action. Then she became a D.C. Circuit Court, the D.C. Yeah, D.C. Circuit judge because of affirmative action. And then they made her a Supreme Court judge because of affirmative action. So every time they're like, people are just looking around like, God damn it, I need a black woman. I don't care if they're qualified or not. They're like, well, we got this woman named Katanji Brown Jackson. They're like, sweet, put her in there. You know, and now it's po- it's possible. I mean, it is it's so insanely unlikely, but it's possible. It turns out she was just she was the best at all those steps. But um, I've said it before. Like, black people are thirteen percent of America, so black women are like six percent of America. So that's about one in twenty. One in twenty Americans are black black women. So the likelihood that when you say I want a black woman for the Supreme Court that you're going to get the you know that you're getting the best candidate that's a 1 in 20 chance. You know, 19 out of 20 times you got someone who is not the best person. And then that made me go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. So I went on Wikipedia and I'm like, who is Biden nominating to all the circuit courts? 
Like I said, circuit court and court of appeals is basically the same thing. But anyways, I found a list of all the people Biden is um, nom- putting, put, you know, all the judges that he's putting in um, for the circuit courts. And he's done like 20 of them. You know, every president gets to put a bunch of men. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't research every single one of them. But basically, it looks like it was all women. So I won't bore you with the math. But the odds that if you, you know, if you're if you're choosing the 20 most qualified people, and it's just, you know, it's just a 50-50 chance it'll be a man or a woman, the odds that you get 20 women in a row is one in a billion. I mean, obviously, the answer is he was not choosing people based on their on anything other than do they have a vagina and yes a lot agree and then i was just i was just looking at the top four i'm like what about the race and so i don't know i only looked at the top four but the top four was black 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 white so i, you know, I don't know how many black and there's only nine supreme court justices i don't know if they're gonna get like just fill that sucker up to the brim with black women but in any case they will have uh a bunch of people who will you know on paper look qualified you know and they won't just be in there for 10 months they'll be in there longer so that was interesting a bunch of states had elections a couple days ago and this is for who's going to be the nominee in the real election in november and there was a few interesting things the uh progressive district attorney chesa budin in san francisco he got recalled so you know san francisco is probably the most liberal country country city in the country and so they they brought in the most liberal, you know, progressive DA ever. And he's like, I'm not going to prosecute crimes. You know, prosecuting crimes is racist. Putting people in jail is racist. And he's been in there doing that for maybe two and a half, three years. And I used to go to San Francisco all the time. Anyways, I haven't been there lately. Apparently, it's kind of a shithole. It's a shithole city at this point. And you're just, it's like, you know, you're just walking around and you see some person pull down their pants and take a shit on the sidewalk. So it's, it's literally a shithole. I heard some stat. I forget what it was. They I don't I don't know how many like drug offenses they prosecuted before this guy got in there, but like in one of the, one of the years he was in there, they prosecuted three people for drugs the entire year. The entire city, three people got prosecuted for drugs. So basically drugs are illegal and I think still are. I don't know. He's out now. I, I think it takes a while before they put someone new in. Anyways, the point of that is that that's a crazy liberal progressive place. And they're a little bit fed up with, you know, homelessness and crime. And a similar thing's going on in Los Angeles where uh, there may be a guy, some guy, he was like a Republican 19 days before the election or something. He, he changed it. He changed himself to a Democrat. And then now he's he's right in there. Him, him and some other lady are going into the election. So it'll be the choice will be between him and her. And he's like, we need to hire a bunch of cops and hammer down these pegs of criminals and so LA California California is just known to be a liberal place so if California is getting less liberal you know that could be a sign of what's gonna happen with the rest of America and a whole bunch of other states did it on the same day there wasn't that much interesting stuff Um, basically the interesting thing going on right now and we don't know the answer to it is how do Republicans feel about the stop the steal movement in my opinion, and no one knows yet, but like Republicans still like Trump, but they're not like, give me anyone who says the election was stolen. They're like, you know what? I don't want to hear about the election was stolen. I like Trump, but I don't want to hear about the election being stolen. But we'll just have to wait and see if, if what I just said there is true or not. But the other thing about that is 
there's now been two two or three cases where um democrats have gotten people who think the election was stolen nominated like the famous one is the pennsylvania governor's race and i forget the other one or two but basically like democrats who think they can win and they got a ton of money instead of spending money on advertisements saying that they're good what they do is they spend advertisements to get some sort of insurrectionist type of Republican nominated. Like, you know, they want to go against someone who says the election was stolen. So they spend money to get that election was stolen person nominated by the Republican Party. And now there's no guarantee that, you know, the Democrat is going to win. So, you know, what it could be is a Democrat paid a bunch of money to get an election was stolen type of guy put into office. For instance, Pennsylvania governor. And so I just... I think what's interesting about that is you can see, I think that's how much Democrats actually care about January 6th. Like, they love to talk about it if they think it can get them elected, but they don't actually care about, like, someone who's trying to steal the election. They're like, oh, you know, I want to go against a guy who says the election is stolen, and if he gets in there, I don't care, because that's not what I care about. I care about getting elected. I don't care if there's people who think the election was stolen and are going to try and steal it next time. You know, basically, they don't care. They don't care. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's the same with me. I don't, think, I don't think the election was ever close to being stolen. And so I don't care what kind of idiots are out there trying to steal the election. Like, they will fail. On the other hand, I guess if the Democrats put in enough money, maybe they can get the election stolen by the Republicans. That'd be kind of funny. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.